righty. So this is our third and final episode on the churches and church heirs. And we are right now talking about the Church of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia, and what it's about. So we went to Revelation 7, 1 through 4, and it explained what was all about going on. And it was explaining the things that are happening during this time period that this church come into being in the last days. So we've seen that, we've seen Psalms 2-9, what was talking about it closing of the sun and the moon and when these things happen and what's happening to bring forth the last church of true faith and worship so now we're going to go in and look at e we looked at the maleka of the congregation which was d alice 7 1 through 4 see what it meant and we completed 7 1 through 4 uh, the first half where it was talking about the four winds the four winds are the winds of war being held back and the sea's not blowing and so forth and so on and then all of a sudden it's released and we went to 6 7 12 and 13 and looked at that which was talking about the seals which the four winds are the first four seals of war and what happened in those seals as explained so we are going to go down ascending from the earth so what does ascending from the earth mean? So we are going to go back to Matthew 24, 21, and 22 and see what that says with the winds of war. Um, let's see what the Father and Yeshua says about the winds of war. Because he describes them in Matthew. Now remember, this is pertaining to the Maleka at that time, or the messenger at that time. Maleka 20, um, Matthew, Matthew 24, 21, and 22, interesting. 24, 21, and 22. So here's 21. And unless those days be cut short no one will be delivered but for the sake of the chosen those days will be cut short okay then it goes on to say in 21 above that and we went through it for such there will be a great tribulation it talked about the tribulation we've already read that okay Okay, now we're going to get Revelations 9, and I'll just do it from my perspective here of my book. Going back to it. Revelations 9, 17 through 20. We looked at Revelations 9, 17 through 20. It was talking about the woe. 17 through 20 was talking about brimstone, fire, demon worship. We already looked at that. So now we went to Isaiah 24, which we will go 1 through 6. Let's see what 1 through 6 has to say in Isha or Isaiah. Yeah, Isha 24. 
One through six. Behold, Adonai makes the, the land empty. Okay, so he makes the land empty. And makes a wasteland twice its face. And scattereth its inhabitants. So shall it be. As was the people, so the Kohen. As with servants, so his masters. As with the maiden, so her mistress. As with the buyers, so the sellers. So the wheat lender, so the borrower. Interesting, he's talking about sowers and borrowers. Goes on to say, and with the creditors, so the debtor, the land will be utterly empty and totally plundered. For Adonai has spoken this word. The land fainteth and fade away. The world wilts and fades away. The exalted people of the earth wilt. The land is polluted by its inhabitants. For they have transgressed the Torah. Uh-oh. And violated its statutes. And broke the everlasting covenant. Now remember this is referring back to the church of Laodicean age. Therefore a cut off curse will devour the land. Uh-huh. Those dwelling there are found guilty. Therefore the inhabitants of the land will be burned up. So the people remaining are few. Interesting. that we see this now we talked about isaiah the next thing is q from the earth ascending flying zechariah 5 1 and it also says going west to east and east to west the winds the four winds of the earth uh right here east flying with the seal of the living father and he cried with a loud voice of the four maleka or four queens of the winds, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the seas. Interesting. So let's go to Zechariah, or Zechariah, as it's pronounced, Zechariah 5 1. Once again, I lift up my eyes, and behold, I saw a flying scroll. A flying scroll. So we see a flying scroll.
Okay, so in this area, it says flying or seeing a flying scroll, having a seal of the living father and crying aloud. And according to this, it's talking about a flying scroll. Words going west. So now we go into from east to west, okay? And then we go to S. So what is S saying? Revelation 7, 1. And after these things, I saw Formalekah standing on the four corners. So we're reading the same thing again. Revelation 7, 1, talking about the four corners. And it goes on. You, kings and priests, servants of the Father, kings and priests of the Father. For that, we look at T. It says, we are a... We are in the third seal of Revelation 6, 5, and 6. Okay, the seal of five, 6, 5, and 6. So we got to go 6 right here. So it is going into the third seal, and it's talking about, We had one open in the third seal, and I heard the voice of the creature saying, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales and balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the saying, say, a me measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of bar barley for a penny. See, you do not hurt the oil or the wine. So let's look at this. B, mournful times, but times of plenty. Okay. Then we go on C means a denarius or a penny in the hand talking about money okay so we go on down it talks about that in revelations five and six and then six and seven we read the same thing talking about the seals again the fourth seal and it says and when he opened the fourth seal i heard a voice of the four living creatures say and i looked and beheld a pale horse and the name of him who was upon it was death. And Shaul, the grave, followed with him. And the power was given to him over the fourth part of the earth. To kill with the sword and with hunger and with pestilence. The same under the authority of the beasts of the earth. So we are looking at D. Again, it talks about Matthew 24-7. So let's go to Matthew see what the father says here Matthew 24 7 24 7 for a nation shall rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and earthquakes in various places and pestilence interesting and these were the beginnings of the birth pangs that's what we're in now and it gives a notation of a so I'm gonna write these down which is in Isaiah. Nineteen two. And Second Chronicles. Fifteen six. Okay, so we're going to. Isaiah 19, 2 first. 
can see here. And I will stir up the Egyptians against the Egyptians. Whoever will fight against his brother and everyone against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. Interesting. Okay, let's go to Second Chronicles 15. Fifteen, six. Nation, nation will crush. Was crushed by nation and city by city, and God troubled them with every kind of distress. Okay, so we're seeing a picture here of the distress. Of what is to come in these two verses. In 15.6. Okay. And then D. Which is Revelations 13.2. Because it talks about the authority. Okay. And then we had. For the hunger. D. Ease the devil's authority. F showed under the authority of the beast. Now let's go to Revelations 13. Talking about the authority thereof. Thirteen. And the beast which I saw was as similar to the leopard, and his feet was were as the feet of a bear, and the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power, and his throne and authority. So here we see a multiple bared nation mixed beast. A similar proportions, which we're going to look at here in a few minutes. Okay. And 14. And deceiving those who dwell on the earth by the acts of power, which he had authority to do in the sight of the beast, saying to those who dwell on the earth, that they should make a likeness of the beast, which was wounded by the sword, but did this. So who is this beast that rises up out of the sea with great authority and power to deceive nations? So we will be looking at that here in just a few minutes, and then we will go back to our original thing, dealing with the churches. This is explaining the end times, so we are looking at the last era. All right. Hello, everybody. All right. Let's go in and look at the next. So we were talking about this beast that it was mentioned before in the previous section, uh, which is dealing with the Laodicean church or the Philadelphia church, excuse me, at the end of the age. So now it goes, and this beast I saw, mm -hmm, 
had the feet of a leopard, feet of a bear, the mouth of a lion, and the dragon give him power and a throne and great authority. So let's see. O is Satan, which is Revelations 12, 9. So we're going to go back one, two, up here. And then it talked about the great dragon, which is Shitan. And it's a she. She, he, actually. And gave this uh, other beast a throne. So let's go to P. Traditionally translated as seat. Strong executive order, a position of rule. It's the correct translation in this. Then we go to 14. And we've got an AI atomic bomb. It talks about power which was of authority in the sight of the beast. Uh, to deceive those upon the earth, the power which he had authority to do in the sight of the beast, saying, those who dwell on the earth that should make a likeness of the beast. And it goes on to say, atomic bombs, only the United States has the power to enforce the new world order by peace. They will destroy. And it talks about Daniel 8, 2. I'm not saying it's the United States. They are, but I don't think that the United States is a dragon or a beast. Um, I'm looking more at China right now. From what I've seen globally, China has the most powerful nuclear reactor known to man. And this powerful nuclear reactor is as strong as four suns because it's fission power. They're using fission power. They come up with it, fission power, to make an atomic nuclear reactor as strong as our sun or four suns. Okay, so now let's go to Daniel. And it was Daniel... Daniel 8, 25, or like. So we see in the next one, which is AJ, is or like. And it says, like a Roman power, same Christian religion, and it, they give Revelations 3, 6. And he opened his mouth with blasphemies. Okay. Against Yahuwah, to blaspheme his name and his throne, and those who dwelt in heaven. Okay. So that's Revelation 6. Actually, that's 13, not 12. So I'd have to go back and look at 12. We'll go back and look at that. Sorry, I read the wrong one. Let's go to Daniel 8. Here's Daniel 8. Right here, Mark. 8. 25. By his cunning, he will cause the seat to prosper under his hand, and he will consider himself superior. He will destroy many, taking them unaware. He will even stand up against the princes of princes, yet he will be broken, but not by human 
hands. So this entity or group will even go up against the prince of princes and be broken. Interesting that we see that this in Daniel, that this power will even be broken. So it couldn't be the United States. There's not a prince of princes. And then a like a prince. And then we had a K, which is, again, a country that is in the likeness of Rome, Christian religion. And it gives 13, 6. And we see in 13, 6, it gives X. He who, he who. Let's go to Daniel 7. Now, 7. 21 through 22. And it says, as I was watching, the horn was waging war against the Kohadim and overpowering them. Okay. Talking about a group of people overpowering them. Until the Ancient of Days came and judged and judgment was rendered in favor of the Kohadim of the Most High. When the time came and the Kodeshim possessed the kingdom. Okay, so let's go to B. And it gives 1 Corinthians. Six, two, and three, and then Revelations five, ten. Interesting. So these two verses gives us our answer of what's going to happen. So now let's go to First Corinthians. A and M is not there. Okay, A and L. We already looked at Revelations 5 and 6, and that's what we're looking at now. So let's go to 1 Corinthians. Interesting. It leads us to 1 Corinthians 6. Okay, 6, 2 and 3. Okay, it says, Do not you know... That the Kodashim will judge the world. Yes. And if the world is to be judged by you, you are in, comp in competement of judgment of the trivial matters. Don't you know that you will judge angels? How much more? The matter of this life. How much more the matters of this life. Interesting that it says that. Let me read it again. And you get a gist of what he's saying. Don't you know that the Kodashim. Kodashim means holy ones. Will judge the world. And if the world is to be judged by you. Are you in competiment? Competement. 
to judge trivial matters? Mm-hmm. Do, don't you know that we will judge angels? Interesting. How much more the matter of this life? Interesting. It's talking about settling disputes within the community. Hmm. I'm going to elaborate on that. We had some judges that were supposed to make a judgment on behalf of the communities of the United States. Can't they render judgment accordingly? Or do they have to sit back on their butts doing nothing? Okay, so let's go in. Kodashim. Life. Let's look at Revelations 5. I'm going to hold this one here for a minute because we'll be coming back to that portion. Okay, and we are going to go to 5. Revelations 5. Which is just one chapter back. 5 and 10. 6. Here we go. 5 and 10. And have made us kings and priests to our father. And we will reign upon the earth. Kingdoms and priests. So there we go. The Kodashim is the brothers of Philadelphia. Brothers and sisters. That's what it's referring to. As being judges and executioners. Okay. So we've seen that this being will be judged according to Tara. Okay. He opened his mouth and blasphemies against Yahuwah, and he will be judged for it. Now, why, okay, refers to defaming or reviling or reviling or speaking evil against Yahuwah's works. Then Z talks about the tabernacle, the habitation vessels or shadows of Yahuwah or God. Which is interesting that they would elaborate on that. Um, now we'll go back and look at where we left off. Where's my blue marker? There we go. So we're seeing here that everything's leading up to a time space. So we looked at Revelations 13. Let's see, Revelations 13. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Revelations 13. And it came from where well, we was reading this in here, talking about the people on the one half year of the tomb of Yahuwah's work and so forth and the dead bodies. Um, and then we come up here where it gives us Revelations 2, 13, 2, and 14 was what we looked at. And all this came from just that one verse, 2 and 14. And we see that he's blaspheming. This particular character or person is blaspheming the name of God. And the churches. Which is interesting we should hear that. Because I'm going to make a point. My point is this. Has Trump ever once blasphemed the church? No. Has he ever once blasphemed God's name? No. 
But has, listen to me, has the Democrats? Yes. Has Pelosi? Yes. Has um, um, Shifty Eyes did the same? Yes. In a matter of fact, it just recently happened that they prayed to another God instead of the Lord God Almighty. Interesting. Has Soros ever mentioned God? No, but he's blaspheming the church. Has the Pope really ever prayed to the real God? No, he's an idol worshiper. But yet the Democratic Party follows this analogy of the leftists of the left, which deals with China, which is a great dragon, and they give them power. Interesting. Did you just catch what I said? I'm making my point in check. You have four, count them, four beasts of revelations that was in Daniel that are in the end times again. And here it talks about a mixed congregation of these beasts rising up in a beast. And this dragon gives them power. Which is Shitan. And Shitan is a he-she. Because he, you can't say it's a he or a she. It's an it. And it wants to make war. Which is interesting. It wants to make war with the saints. And the saints are mentioned in this little snippet of the Church of Philadelphia. Mm, interesting. Now we're going to go to C. Church of Philadelphia means brothers from the same womb. Interesting brothers from the same womb. Brothers. Twins of the same womb. Interesting. We'll elaborate on that in a few minutes. All right. So now we know what the beast is of Revelation. So now we're going to go in back to the beginning where I was talking about the Malekka and the congregations and all this in the church of brotherly love. So let's find out what Philadelphia means. Interesting. So it says here, according to this, it stresses the brothers from the same wound. That's the translation out of the Holman. So who would be these two brothers they mention? Hmm. Like to know. They don't give no verses. But it's in the Greek Strong's dictionary. It's exhaustive concordance as well that Philadelphia meant brotherly love. Therefore, it's talking about brothers from the same womb. The analogy comes in you had Esau being the oldest. Jacob being the youngest. Jacob's the progenitor of Israel. Esau was buried in the Gentile nations. 
Could it possibly mean that Esau and Jacob come back together again in forgiveness? Could. Or could it represent a different analogy totally, the Christians and the Jews? I think it's the second ladder. They both represent Esau and Jacob because the Jews are Jacob and the Gentiles are Esau. A representation spiritually of Esau coming together. You think about it. When the church first started, it was Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles together or Hebrew and Gentile nations. It could have been Roman, Greek, Arabic, whatever it might have been. They were one brotherhood. But when the temple come to destruction and the Jews wanted to fight with their own kind and the Gentiles wanted to help them, they pushed away their Jewish saved brethren, pushed them out of the country. Consequently, the Romans stepped in and destroyed the temple in 70 AD after that. And everything was disbanded. Then you had a separation of the church from Judaism totally. The Gentiles separate, start, pulled themselves totally away from the foundation principles of the Torah, of God's word, of it being written upon their hearts and mind. They said it wasn't needed, which is interesting. And through the centuries, the church has stood on one side of a wall with its sibling on the other lobbing stones at its sibling and this sibling over here lobbing stones back and those that believe were caught in the middle that were jewish slowly the true believers of the faith disappeared very few remained and that belief principle was for the father Put Yeshua here to complete what he had started. The original foundation was to write it on the hearts and the minds of the people. But even King David couldn't get that through. His kingdom fell. And the father had disappointment after disappointment after disappointment because we fell into the world of men. And Israel split from Judah, and Judah fell, Israel fell, and went into the nations. And in due course. So here we stand. I'm seeing just the opposite happening. And I know for a fact seeing this happen was the beginning. We've seen the two come back to one. The two has becoming one congregation again. Two brothers in one womb. That's the analogy. It's the Jew, Jewish believers and the Gentile believers coming back together as one. They're now realizing you can't live with one without the other because they're identical twins in the same womb. And it's happening here in America. So America is not the harlot. But I can tell you what the harlot is. Riding on the back of a beast. And what the Antichrist is. 
Certainly. If it declares that the Torah is not needed, and it declares that all things of the law written upon man's hearts and minds are not needed, that is the beast. In Constantine's time, they pulled away from the true, true religion of Christianity. They separated themselves from Judeo-Christianism and moved to Catholicism. Catholicism was the worship of trinkets and idols. Mary is a good facsimile of that. It's a stone idol. You can't worship an idol and worship the true God. It just don't work. I'm not preaching that all people that do this is bad. I'm not. There's some that have come out of that and come back to the true faith. But there's others that have not. The end times are a very complicated subject. I'm just making it as simple as I can and as possible as I can. So we're going to go on here and look at that. Now, we look at denying the name thereof. It's denying L exists and replacing it with something else. So this whole concept goes back to that. So let's go down here to F, my word, my word. We look in Matthew at what the word is. So let's go to Matthew 4.4. 4. Let's see what Matthew 4.4 4 says. And it says, he replied, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that cometh out of the mouth of the Father, or the mouth of Yahuwah. So, it's talking about the mouth of Yahuwah, which gives us Deuteronomy 8, 3. Remember that, Deuteronomy 8, 3. 8.3 states, He afflicted you and let you hunger. Then he fed you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, in order to make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh out of the mouth of Adonai. Afflicted. For his name. His name is El. So now we go up here. It says, Behold, I give out to those of the assembly of the accuser, Shaitan, who preaches to themselves to be those who worship Yahuwah, and they are not, but they accept to deceive by falsities or falsehoods. Behold, I will appoint them for the purpose of worshiping in the presence of your footstool, and they will understand that I love you. Hmm. I love you. Now this is where we come to uh, read Ezekiel 48 35. Ezekiel 48 35 48 35 It will be 18,000 cubits all around 
From that day on, the name of the city will be called Adonai is there. So this city of Adonai, the city will be called Adonai, and where this footstool was set, and they will be around you to worship, is 18,000 cubics, roughly. Now... Eighteen thousand cubics is one mile. Five point eleven miles is exactly eighteen cubics around. Five miles around. A city that is five miles around. That's interesting. What city would be five point eleven miles around? Roughly. Well, let's see who that city is. Okay, it could be any city that could be possibly 5.11 miles around. 
So now let's look it up in a different manner on Washington. Well, believe it or not, the city is 5.11 miles around. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Interesting indeed. Okay, but I'm not saying it's it. I'm just saying this is an, an analogy because you have kept, okay, kept my words of my patience. So keep his words mean exactly that. It means lived by my every word. Okay, then it goes on to say, Yahoo is trying to use to settle his law in front of us to see if we will do what he commands us or obey. Let's go to Exodus I said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from the heavens for you, A. The people will go out and gather a day's portion every day, so that I can test them to find out whether they will walk according to my Torah or not. And we see here, we go to John 6.31, and I'm going to go there real quick before I cut. John 6, John 6.31. Our father ate the manna in the wilderness as it was written. Out of heaven he gave them bread to eat. See? Psalms. Now he's giving me verses from Psalms. And we will write these down. And then I'm going to cut here. Psalms. 78. 24. Exodus. 16, 4 through 36, and Nehemiah, 9.15. Okay, so I will be cutting this here. And then the next half we will be looking at where it talks about the Father's regular laws. So we will cut it here. So now, 
we go back and look to see well we're talking about a city on a hill and it goes on you kept my word so yahuwah already told us in one that he was talking about eating the manna of heaven which is his word now we go to exodus 2020 you find it on exodus 2020 think about it so moses said to the people do not be afraid for god has come to test you so that his so his fear may be in you so that you do not sin so this is a test 2020 was a year of testing to see if we would love our father god hokang or adonai so now it talks about patience which is j and we went over j his patience is his word believe it or not and we already touched on that now we're going to go to k and it talks about keep you from the hour of the temptation the hour of the temptation what does it mean here so he goes on to say keep you from the hour i will also keep you from the hour of temptation which okay so k means to guard from loss or injury or by keeping eyes upon okay then m goes in and which will come upon all the world to test those who dwell upon the earth so he's testing us to see if we will keep his word but he's also testing the world which is interesting so let's look at him this is not speaking of the apostles Yohanan was imprisoned and soon to die this was a trial to come upon the world as of now okay and then 11 says and behold i come quickly hold fast that which you have that no man take it take your crown so we go to o this generation yohanneken mark 1330 so let's see what mark 1330 tells us we're looking in mark jonathan mark or Yohannikan is what it, John means. And we are looking in 1330. 13. 1330. Amen. And I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things happen. So it's a fulfillment that he's talking about. All these things that are listed will happen. And this generation will not pass away until these things be fulfilled. Okay. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the house of my father, and he will never go out of it. And I will write upon him the name of my father and the name of the, of the new Jerusalem which comes down from heaven from my father's newly named so we go to four 
And we already read that this talking about the city of Jerusalem. And then P. Jerusalem's new name. And then we go Isaiah 62, 2. That's the other verse that we need to look up is in Isaiah 62, 2. We've already looked at uh, Ezekiel 43, 5. So let's go to Isaiah 62, 62, 60, 61, 62. Here we go. Two. Nations will see your righteousness and all the kings of your glory. You will be called a new name, which Adonai's mouth will bestow. Interesting. Okay. And he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the called out ones of the house of Yahuwah. Interesting. So we go back to this P. And it, it gives both verses. It's the new name of the Jerusalem, which is the city of Adonai. It's what they call it. The city of Adonai. City of the Lord. Okay, so we have looked at the full demographic of all the churches, and we now scan, correct me, up to the point of the Laodicean age, 1,260 years. Okay. Of a 6,000-year cycle. The next age coming is the Church of Philadelphia of the twins in the womb. Interesting that that would be a collation. But who are the twins? No one knows. No one gets it. No one has ever figured it out, really. That's what it means. At least this is how the Father has taught me. Israel, Jacob, and Esau were twins. Oops. So we are at 1260 right now. That's where we were at. And we add the last 210 years. That gives us 1,470 years of church history. We've had the previous 1,200 years. We're at 1,470 years. There's supposed to be a 2,000-year time span. We're still shy 500 years. Can this time span be a little longer? Yes, it could. Let's subtract 210 and add 286. That still leaves us 500 years shy on the churches. So some of these, as I said, you could have the first 1,200 years, but then maybe they with some extra years expanding. We don't know. All I know is right now we are at a 1,260-year cycle. For 60 days. 1,260 days. There has been a thousand years of church history that was 
persecution. And we're at a point now in history that we're entering a new age from an old age into a new age. Now, we could have had another 286 years. We don't know. We do know the roundabout figure matches perfectly of the first six church ages. First six ages. Heirs. So where are we at in this time frame? Are we in that moment in time that these things are going to come and take place? We don't know. But history repeats its cycles. I can give you a rough figure of the 2,000 years. There's roughly 740 years left. And of that 740 years, you had the Laodicean age in the first half. If this is the case, we are approaching the new era and the end of an old era, if that's the case. If it's not, we don't know. I'm not going to say, but I'm just giving the figures of a perfect match. And that perf perfect match equals the 260 years. But there's another figure mentioned in the Bible of 1,335 years. There's another 100-year span on that. Interesting. That you would have 12 of this. Let's see. 1, 3, 3, 5. Subtract 12, 60. That's 75 years added on to that span. Could it possibly be we have already started the age of the Church of Philadelphia? Probably. Who knows? That's 75 years unaccounted for. 75 years. You have one figure of 1,000. 335, mentioned in Daniel. Another one of 1,260, which is mentioned three times. Part of it mentioned of the first three-year cycle, and then a second three-year cycle of a seven-year period, or seven-week period. That's 7,000 years in his time span. The first 3,000 Three and a half thousand years have come and gone of a six thousand year cycle. We're getting ready for the second half, which is the end times, and they've been going quite fast. Um, but again, history shows that things happen, wars happen, things happen of that span. But you have one thousand two hundred sixty years of that has been a church age and he shows the church ages quite literally starting with the birth of the church we are now in the possible end of the Laodicean age the first thing it was called for the Laodicean age was repentance come back and repent before the father because we're getting ready to move forward, which is interesting. Because when we start the next chapter, which is chapter four, we're going to start seeing the layout 
of all history. We're just seeing the Father showing us, and I'm showing you what he showed me. The pieces and parts coming together of the next age. Which is going to be a thousand years of peace. We're getting ready to enter that thousand years of peace. Which is the year, the, the thousand years of brotherly love where he rules. It's not what they thought. Don't get me wrong, there will be people that come back with him. But it's not going to be like what they thought it's going to be. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying I find it interesting that it that everything correlating to his coming matches history. And people find it odd that I talk this way. But it does. As we go further, you're going to see where this age is ending, starts a new age, new era. And we're going to see how this era is affected by judgments going forth out of the mouth of the witnesses. And I talk with that with a light heart. Because as we go further into this study, I want to take you into understanding of the word of the Father. Because everything stands according to his will. And I will explain what the will of the Father is. Prophecy is nothing to laugh at. Prophecy is not something that we should ignore. Because it's history. It's written oral history that he's wrote for us to understand. Whoops, sorry for the noise. But yet, there is hope. And the Father always gives hope. It's not set in stone. But once we go that course, there's no turning. And I, I'm not scared. I'm ready to face it with open eyes and arms. I know the Father talks to me. He speaks to me quite readily about things. He shows me things he wants me to know. I don't talk about him here because I don't want to. Because he told me to keep silent. But I will do my teachings and explain in a fashion that is understandable that you can understand the word the way I see the Father shows me. And it's simple and smart. So we'll go. I'll be back in a little bit. We'll do our third session. And then I will call it a night. We will talk about Revelations 4.